they're very, very dangerous. If you spotty sense, you know, I was like, oh, something's off. <laughs> I'm just like, man, I'm waiting to hear something, you know. What's going on, guys? And welcome to the 35th episode of the Warcry Podcast. I am your humble and gracious host, Yehola Tiger. And today, on this episode, you know, we got This Is Creepy Part 3 coming up August 28th. So I thought I'd keep it kind of light for like the, you know the the previous two episodes or the 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 episodes to to introduce that episode, and I can't think of the word right now. But anyways, so I had discussed some things last week, uh, kind of spicy, some spiciness, you know, just a little, you know, giving my opinion on some things. But I gave an opinion about res dogs. About you know, I haven't seen it, but just from what I saw on the internet, and it really, really wasn't opinion. It was more of a observation, I guess you could say. So I did watch all four episodes. I sat down and watched them because they're only twenty two episode or twenty two minutes, which I think they're doing that show a little bit disservice because that those episodes should be like an hour because there's so much more I think that they could hit. And I think that they know that, but. It is what it is. Hulu or Hulu or FX, y'all, y'all doing us dirty over here. But so I watched the first episode, and one thing that I thought about that first episode, um, basically just finishing the story of, you know, going to California, coming back, and then you know Bear gets lost, and that's one thing. I actually, I actually really enjoyed that aspect of it. I think it got lost in kind of social media hoopla because they were like, oh, you know. Uh, this, this, and this, and uh, DW, dear, dear lady, they call it dear lady on the show, but, you know, people got, I guess they, that was such a big thing, I guess, but what I really liked about that first episode and then kind of going into the second episode is that's one thing about us natives that we do um, is we always have these, in ref- like these moments of kind of like, would the ancestors approve of this? type of thing and it was kind of crazy to me and I think of it as just every and I don't think of every native that does this but I know you know if you think back in your life and you always think of the, the ancestors that came before you and you always think about them and I always found it so interesting that that the dynamic between William Knifeman and Bear because he always calls him, uh, what is it, grandson, nephew, you know, <laughs> which is kind of crazy because it could be either one. But, you know, I just found that, that dynamic interest. And then he told him to go away. And I think when we're wilding out and we're doing things that aren't what we're supposed to be doing, we do that to, I've, you know, I've definitely done it. I'm going to be honest with you all. But, you know, if you're you're listening to this and you're like, dang, I've actually kind of done that too, or I've just told like, you know, basically not the like not a direct, you know, you're not talking to him like you are a million knife man like Bear does, but in your head, you kind of step away from what you're supposed to be and where you're supposed to go, and you know, ancestors guiding you, and it's not in a physical sense; it's in a, like a a subconscious sense, 
And I like that about that first and early first and first and second episode is because he just basically is stepping away. But then in episode three, uh, with Dear Lady, he kind of comes back and he realizes, oh, okay, you know, I'm supposed to be where I'm supposed to be, and I'm supposed to learn these things. And I, I really enjoyed that arc of Forbear. And then now he's kind of linked up with Jackie in the at the end of season four, which or at the end of se- uh, episode four, which is to me is is kind of interesting because you you pair, and I cannot remember. Um, I can't remember their names, but Bear's mom and then uh, Jackie's aunt. Um, and I can't remember their names in the in the show, but I thought that was pretty good. You know, kind of story arc for him, just specifically. And the second episode with Graham Greene, man, I I popped at that. I I literally I popped. I was like, yes, yes, I'm finally they they finally got him on the show. And he played a conspiracy nut. But like at the same time, he was kind of crazy, and he had like psychiatric things going on, and basically running away. And he was like, "Oh, they're coming for me! They're coming for me!" Well, yeah, they're the psychiatric nurses are coming for him. And I just thought it was an awesome episode, just with having Graham Greene and him kind of giving Bear some like life lessons, because like they're kind of saying life lessons, but at the same time, they're kind of like, "Hey, there's a tinge of like this dude's not right, and he's not get like this dude's not right." And then the the third episode, which I mentioned on the last episode of Observations Three, man, that's so. It's just so sad, you know. It's just so sad that. God, I'm about to. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to beat beat the brakes off organized religion, but I may end up doing it. But anyways, so. One thing that absolutely drives me nuts about organized religion, and if you're part of an organized religion, I'm not bashing you. I'm just bashing what I saw on the show, and sometimes some things what I see just in regular life, and they do things in the name of Christ and God, but at the same time, it's like some of the most malicious stuff you could do to a human being and do to do to people in general and that's what that's what made me made me really really kind of made me pop on that it like and made kind of made me mad was the manner in which they tried to get these children to convert to a religion that they don't really want to serve becomes a trickle down effect to what we have now. And what we have now is people that just do things because that's what they were told to do. And there's no questioning of why they do it in some sort of fashion. And that's with all everything. I'm just talking in general. And one thing that I got, and I'm not going to lie, murder is kind of wild. In real life, but in the show, I felt like I literally I gave a fist pump when Dear Lady went in there and killed that guy. And on on the table was a picture of all the kids that he had abused, and him standing there, and he was smiling. All those Indian kids were, you know, some of the saddest faces you could ever see. And that made me really happy, but at the same time, it made me subtly sad because there's nothing we can do. There's nothing we 
can physically do to help those kids back then because we weren't there you know i i just it's just hard it's hard i'm a i'm a very i like to take matters in my own hands i like to to bend my like to bend my will or bend people's wills to to what i want to do when it comes to things that are very important to me and sometimes that's not always the right way and it's always a certain you got you got to do it you know a different way but in that moment i wish i could just go into the the tv screen beat the brakes off these nuns, i don't care if they're women but these nuns that are abusing these children these indian children and the wolf is the the wolf is what they called him I just beat the brakes off them and then go kids run you know but that's what these, you know. That's what I, I, Sterling Harjo did a great and you know, did a great job with that episode. That's one of my favorite episodes, but one of my one of one of the ones that are most memorable episode for me. Um, and kind of moving on to the fourth one, um, IHS. So I I've had family members work at IHS. I have family members now work at IHS, and it, it's so funny because they're so. It, this is similar, like it's. It's so comical because you got you always have that one heavy set nurse who just be rude, but then also she'd be kind of flirting. Like you always had those security guards around who they'd be flirting with or be talking crazy to. And big, big and uh, uh, Jackie's aunt man that 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 uh, flirtation scene when she's talking about his acorns had me deceased. I was dying laughing. He's making these grunting noises, and it just had me die laughing. You haven't seen that that part, and then at the very end, they do like a little blooper reel. Man, that's the funniest thing. I, that's that's the hardest I've laughed at that show, just because I could see that in real life. As I remember being a little kid, and there was this, there was a front desk lady, and uh, front desk, and then the security guy walk in, and he's all like. She, what's going on with you, girl? What's going on with you? You know, just hitting those, hitting those lines that big hit. I just remember that. I just, I just remember that, and so it just kind of made me pop because I, it, it's a real life experience for me. But uh, then you got, you know, Cheese basically was blind this whole time, and then got glasses. And then the first thing he says to Natalie Standing Cloud, and I can't remember her her name uh, in, in the show, but he just, oh, you're beautiful. I just died laughing because I was like, man, this dude, he did not know what anyone looked like. And <laughs> that's the first thing you see. But, yeah, that was a great episode. I really enjoyed that fourth episode, man, that native flirting. And, dang, when Jackie and Bear were fighting, I was like, guys, native love right there. They had to start going to blows. And dang, saying they love each other on Facebook. Nah. <laughs> dang, be talking crazy to their uncles and aunts and moms and dads and grandpa and grandpa but then asking for a place to stay nah <laughs> but all in all the first four episodes of, of the fourth season of reservation dogs man it's fourth season third season anyways the latest season man it's it's been it's been pretty good it's it's been my favorite season so far i kind of got lost in the sauce with the last one you know, I got kind of, I got kind of, kind of heated, kind of got hot, kind of got spicy with the, uh, with the first episode when they did the one little, two little, three little Indians when those girls were running away. Oh my God! If I swear on everything, if I ever hear someone say that, it might be on site. 
It really might be. Because that just something just does something to me, man. It just does something to me. But I'm sure it does something to y'all too. But I appreciate I appreciate uh Sterling for, for doing this, man. It's 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 the show is, is the show is, you know, good. It's really great. Not just good, it's great. So you guys have heard me talk about a case um, on the missing, I think it was uh, Mysterious Disappearances Part 1 of Oklahoma. And I talked about Dwayne Selby, Cookie um, Parton, and Jack Grimes, um, that case that involved them and them going missing. Well, there's an update to that case. As of this week, they found the bodies of Dwayne Selby and Cookie Parton. Um, It was found near... Dwayne Selby's home that he shared with Jack Grimes up in Turley, um, and Jack Grimes was the third person third person missing in that in that case. Um, one thing that really kind of makes me think is it must it's someone that they knew did this. I think I know they haven't solved it, but they just found the bodies. Um, one thing that makes me very and they never I don't think they ever found the, the car either though. Um, but that makes me think that there has to be someone that they knew. Uh, or someone that maybe they trusted, and my thoughts and my and, you know my thoughts are with those families. Um, I talked about that case, and you know there was no basically 2018 was the last time I, th- I believe that the, anyone has heard anything, and for them to find something almost three years later, over three years later, um, is pretty crazy. You know, no, I'm sorry, it wasn't 2018. Um, it was two years ago. It was 2021. I'm sorry, but. For them, for almost three years later, they almost, you know, they found, you know, from the time they disappeared till now, you know, it's pretty crazy. And if you haven't heard that case and kind of the weird things that went on with that case, um, go check out um, Mysterious Disappearances in Oklahoma, part one. Um, We're going to do a part two with that, and I'm going to do the famous, not infamous, I don't know how you call it, or kind of strange case of an NSU student. Um, that disappeared back in 2002, and so that'll be the next episode I do on that. I'm trying to one thing. I'm, one thing about this podcast, I'm always trying to pace things out. Like I'm not trying to just hit y'all with like true crime every single time or conspiracies every single time. I try to kind of space things out. But I just thought I thought you guys, you know, you you guys needed an update on that case. And like I said, my my thoughts are with the families, and you know, hopefully they find out what happened to these to these people. Um, you know, for it, for their bodies to be found on near their property, it's it's very uh, very very sus- suspicious. Next next thing we're going to talk about on this episode is I had somebody reach out to me and they started discussing um, cave systems and cave, underground caves that are all over the place. And you know, if there's a there's a picture or there's like a graph of some sorts that show every underground cave in America and in the, in the entry points. And then they overlay that with missing people that go missing in, in national parks and all over the place. And you look at those dots, which are missing people, or clusters of missing people, with the caves, they line up perfect. Absolutely perfect. And... So my next thought would be, or my th- next thought is, is, okay, what's taking these people? You know, one thought I had in my mind was, um, 
I haven't really talked about this, but I eventually I will, and I, I maybe I may just go ahead and talk about it now. But feral people, um, especially out in these really rural areas, out in the middle of nowhere where nobody's been in 10, 15, 20 years. Um, I was in Eureka Springs uh, last year, and ex- well, exactly a year ago, and I was talking to some people and asking them about, you know, the hills have eyes or that people and one of the the trolley ladies told me basically do not go on this trolley route at night because you'll be dropped off out there and then you got to walk back because there's no trolley going to be picking you back up on the way out and she just said that there are people out in these woods and i thought i kind of looked at her i said dang you just gonna say that so i kept digging and she's like well we have been seeing people running out in the woods and running into the woods and not coming back out on our trolleys. And this is throughout the day. This is at night. And she just said, be very careful on this route. And she pointed to this route, and it was like the purple route or whatever the route was. And so we never went on that route because I was like, nah, I ain't gonna, this is not going to be – this is not going to be wrong turn. I put that on everything. This is not going to be wrong turn part 19. We're going to just stay in town. We're going to just hang out. And that's what we did. And so, but she always, she, she mentioned that. And then I asked another person, so have you heard anything about, you know, feral people? And, and they're like, yeah, we, we hear things from time to time. One is a lady who moved, she was working at a restaurant and in downtown Eureka Springs. And then she was telling us, she says, yeah, you know, I've, I've heard stories about that. And, you know, I'd say, be careful if you're out, you know, in kind of in the, in the bush somewhere and be careful and whatnot, because there are people out there. And so I was like, man. So we talk about these cave systems. You know, that's one thing that could be explained. I know that's one thing that I've seen online and, and people giving their opinions is, oh, feral people are taking them or they're just not coming back or they're using them to, 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 to breed or whatever, you know, some type of crazy, you know, line. The next line is, is people that live underground. And... My first thought comes to have you guys if you haven't seen the movie Bone Tomahawk with Kurt Russell, I think uh, Zy McClendon's in that too. If I'm pronouncing his name correctly, um, he's in that too as well. We had you know some other people, but basically it's a tribe of Indians who went underground and they only come up when they want to eat or when they're hungry. And so, you know, we I think a cave people or like the descent. That's another thing that people like. People will go down in these caves. They'll be on the trails and get off the trails, and then they'll, oh, there's a cave here. Let's go down here and look. And next thing you know, they're gone forever. And then also, people, you got cave divers who people just go down there and explore caves and they just never come back. That's another explanation. Um, people always, and this is another one, people always want to say Bigfoot's taking them. Now, granted, I do believe that that's where they stay in certain some areas. And in Bigfoot in Medicine, I did a, uh, I, I clipped a, a thing with Bigfootville, and it was a scene from Bigfootville. And I'm not going to say the name of this, this being or entity, but the guy on there says it, and I'll let y'all go. It's on Facebook too, as well, War Cry podcast page. But he, but it's the one that makes you forget. And make it takes you, it could take you. I guess you could, I could say. And 
He said they say the name of it. I'm not gonna say it, but that's what almost that's how I'm gonna describe it. And people say it's Bigfoot, but I think it's more that that being takes these people. Another thing too is is that people want to say it's aliens. Now, abdu- uh, alien abductions have been talked about and encounters go all over the place, which could be there is a conspiracy that FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, made a deal with the aliens and said, well, I'll allow you to take a certain amount of people each year if you will give us this technology. And then that's why we see the jump from mechanical tanks to artificial intelligence, um, more uh, electrical uh, ways of transportation, uh, home products, military weapons, all that stuff. So it's just very interesting about these that 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 topic is caves, and I know that we have underground bases all over the place that connect one another, and these and this cave system connects all the way from east coast to, to west coast to down south to up north in Canada, and goes all the way down. And you know it's kind of interesting who built those those tunnels and those caves. But maybe we'll never know. Next topic um, that we're going to talk about is black panthers and mountain lions, or cougars, pumas, lynx. Those are the, the sorts. And this topic has been kind of been on. It's been on my mind for a while. And I had a conversation with somebody, um, a family member who lives out in McIntosh County here in Oklahoma, and back in the late 70s early 80s we were having issues with you know different things you know uh, you know we didn't have enough predators um and we, or we you know we had way too many coyotes which i guess they're predators but you know we need something on the we need something higher on the food chain because one thing that no one talks about about coyotes is once that when they have babies and the babies grow up Immediately when one of them is killed, the female goes back in heat because she sees that, oh, we need to reproduce because I'm missing one or two or three. So then that doubles, triples, quadruples the population in a short amount of time because it's a survival tech or a survival instinct that coyotes have. And this this encounter that I have about this these cats, these big cats, in Oklahoma, um, this, like I said, this happened back in the day, and someone, someone told my family member, you know, years ago that they were out riding on their property, and their property butts up against um, another piece of land. But then, I think it might have been some type of government land or some type of. It, where the you know where park rangers and them could go and look and you know do things and or game wardens or whoever um and they noticed that they were releasing or they released something big and it didn't look like a dog because it but they it came in some type of kennel and they noticed when they opened the thing the, the game warden got in and you know got out the way and something jumped out but they couldn't see it because it was so far away. 
Well, a couple days later, riding down the road, and they see this cat walking down the road. This big cat. It was a mountain lion. And they were like, oh, that's what they released. Now, the conspiracy theories about that go on in, here in Oklahoma. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a prevalent topic here in Oklahoma about, about uh, you know, game wardens releasing to cold deer or, you know, prey-type animals. And one thing that I did kind of notice, um, and I was kind of doing some research on this because I wanted to hear it from their perspective. And so there was a Q&A asked from um, a game warden by the name of Gerard Davis. And the question was asked to him, um, and what was the population of mountain lions in Oklahoma? And Mr. Davis says, it's always in a state of flux. In certain areas, we know that there are home ranges that extend into Oklahoma from other states. But as far as we can tell, those don't extend very far into the panhandle and some of the northern reaches of Oklahoma. What we do know is we have a transient mountain lions in Oklahoma. What a transient animal is, is an individual that does not establish in a territory or a home range. Um, but we do know from some of the samples that we have been able to collect from mountain lion carcasses we found over the last two decades that they're from Colorado, South Dakota, uh, Nebraska, and those traveling quite a long ways, trying to find an area that is suitable for them to set up their home range. Now, and so they're saying, so basically, kind of another thing, part of this article that I've found from this, this game warden here in Oklahoma that he doesn't think that there are ones with home ranges here, which is very interesting. Next question is, is do they travel alone? Um, Mr. Davis says, they are completely solitary. The only time that the male and females will get together is when mating. Then the females will keep their young by them upwards to two years. Um, and then another question was, does this number confirm sightings last year mean that there's an established population of mountain lions in or big cats in the state and then he goes they are not a viable local population we haven't recorded or had any evidence of sexually reprodu uh, reproductive females or cubs in oklahoma we can't really say that we have a uh, reproductive establishment population here in oklahoma and to me i just feel like they ain't doing their homework i feel like they ain't really out there when i hear that because my opinion of it is is i think there isn't i think there is there has to be an established population here because people are, are seeing them at a, a much higher clip than they did 20 years ago, 10 years ago. I mean, I'm dang near seeing something on my on social media like once a week of someone seeing a big mountain lion in, in some part of Oklahoma. Next question to Mr. Davis was, is what is there an effect on the deer population in Oklahoma? He... He is quoted as saying, in Oklahoma, with the high-density uh, population of deer um, that we have, there's no negative impact to deer. And then it goes on people saying, well, what if I see one? Um, oh, here's a great question. How does the Wildlife Department confirm a mountain lion sighting? Mr. Uh, Mr. Davis goes on to say, um, there has been a credible report, or uh, there has been a credible report, and that can be a trail cam, video cam. We've even had a couple of doorbell cameras have caught some videos of them, um, but we will also use tracks, scat collections, do some anal, uh, analysis 
um, in the lab and amongst other things to confirm a sighting. This is, and so this question here, this next question that was asked of him, is something that we're going to get into now. So, are there Black Panthers in Oklahoma? That was the question that was asked to him. He goes on to say, it's not impossible for someone to see a large black cat in Oklahoma. What is impossible or has not been documented in any setting in any region of North America is a black mountain lion. There are black jaguars. There are black leopards. Um, they, uh, these are brought into exotic animal parks, exotic animal zoos. So it is not possible for someone to see a large black cat. It's not impossible for someone to see a large black cat in Oklahoma, but there's never been a documented case of a black mountain lion anywhere in North America ever. And that is very interesting. There have been multiple sightings. People have put all over social media of us people seeing black cats here in Oklahoma and in the country. There's been a lore over in the UK for a lot of years of the Beast of Exmoor. And the Beast of Exmoor is a big black cat that has, is one, and I guess they, they, they say it's one cat, but it could be more than one cat. But they, but this cat has been running, basically, running wild in, in the hills of Britain for a lot of years. Um, there's multiple names for this this beast now all over the place. Um, one of the, I'll name a couple of them here: the creature of Cornwall, the Pershore Panther, the Wildcat of uh, Warwickshire. Let's see here, the Beast of Cumbria, and obviously the Beast of Exmoor. One of the most, you know, the, and I'll go down the list here of, of kind of those animals, but the Beast of Cumbria, Cum, Cumbria is said to be a large non-native black cat, much like a panther. In the most recent sightings, a pair of walkers came across the creature uh, in the Lake District of, I guess it doesn't say where, uh, in the Lake District in, I guess, in Britain. The creature of Cornwell is reported uh, to be a stalking lion. Um... A lorry driver claims that a big cat appeared in front of him in July 2020. The Pearshore Panther, um, a man named Robert Ingram um, and his wife, Nicola, were left stunned after spotting a black, huge cat besides the road in Pearshore, Worcester. It appeared to be stalking the car like prey. The Wildcat of uh, Warwickshire is known to be a big cat, which has been big black cat, which has been reported roaming the countryside in the West Midlands County in Britain. The uh, the forfeit animal was captured on camera in 2016 by uh, Philip White, who was spotted uh, who spotted it behind his house um, in Great I guess it's Allen, Warwickshire. The cat has been reported to have all the markings of a Eurasian lynx which are once common in the UK until it was hunted into extinction around 700 AD, which is very interesting. That's very interesting to me because now, you know, that's like the Tasmanian tiger people always talk about that, oh, it's extinct, but people still see it, uh, you know, creeping around because obviously 
animals know when they're being hunted. They they understand that, and so once they once that's a known fact by them, they just you know they they go and hide, and they they know when people are out. They know when you know there are humans around. So with all these kind of quote unquote legendary myths, legends, however you want to call it, they. There was a documentary that came out. It was called Panthera Britannia. Man, I probably butchered that. Declassified. And so this documentary took some black hair that they found on a barbed wire fence, tested it, and it came back that it was a black panther. And this kind of caused the internet to go kind of crazy. Like people, oh, no, 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 no. They, someone planted that. You know, they did this, did that. But... They have proved the existence of these animals in Britain, in in the UK. And so all it takes for, for someone here in America or in the you know here in Oklahoma to do the same and prove that these animals are real. Much like Bigfoot, Dogman, Chupacabra, all these different types of quote unquote cryptids that people you know, say that aren't real, but could, you know, that are real, that I believe are real. And so I just find that topic very interesting of the, the panthers and the mount, mountain lions. And especially here in Oklahoma, you know, I think, I think the officials in our government, I think they, they, there's a thing called, called government time where they don't really try as hard. But anyways, but, um, you know, it's just very interesting, you know, to, to, to read up, and like I said, you can find all this stuff on the internet. Like I said, I'd go, you know, watch the documentary. I haven't got a chance to watch it. Um, Panthera, Britannia, Declassified. I don't know. I need to go check it out because I, I mean, I'd be very interested to see how that process went down. But, but I appreciate you guys listening to this episode. I have one more last. I guess it's the story. It's been on my mind here lately. Um, I was speaking to some people and uh, and kind of got my ju- my juices going when it came to my stories because there's sometimes there's stories that I forget and there's stories that sometimes I just you know for whatever reason they leave my my train of thought but this brought brought to my attention so when I was in college I was dating this girl and where she lived it was in Tahlequah so. Like you're going towards, I want to say it's going towards Briggs. So you got the river on your left. You take the left like you're going to Jay. Or you can keep going straight and you head to, I think it's Briggs. Briggs Schools. And her house was on a very high hill. And basically the driveway was like a really windy road. And it was very a very uh, thin road. And I'm always telling stories, especially back in the day. I was all, people would tell me stories, and I tell them a story, and it'd just be a night of full telling crazy stories of our lives. And and one night she, you know, I was telling a story about you know Merle Home, Merle Home Park, and I remember it vividly. And she goes, "Oh yeah, you know, I um, just kind of this is in passing, not even a, you know I kind of sat and thought it, but she goes, yeah, I uh, I was sitting there, I was laying in bed one night." And I was getting ready to go to sleep, and I looked, and she, 
in her bedroom, she had this big window with no curtain. And you could see directly up the hill up until probably, I don't know, 50 feet maybe. You could see up the ridge because the, the ridge got higher. And one night, she's like, she's like, I was laying in bed, and I just happened to look at, out the window, and there was something standing behind this tree. And she said it looked like it, they was full black. So she thought it was, she thought it was a, a black guy. And she's like, what is a, what is it? I don't understand why that person would be out here. And so she sat there and looked at it and it just kept, and it was, it was hiding behind a tree. And she did not know what it was. And she was like, I don't know what that is. And so she ended up going to sleep. She was just like, whatever, which is kind of wild. I would not be able to go to sleep. I'd sit there and watch it. But, but she was not in her realm of thinking. And so she was like, why is that creepy guy, stalker guy looking at me through the window? And she's like, whatever, would sleep, which kind of crazy. And so then I was like, man, that's wild. You know, I was thinking, because in my head, I was like, oh, that's kind of creepy. That's weird. So then as, like, I was staying, I was, you know, hanging out there. They had this big old cool, like, kind of this stair. Like, it was kind of a part of the, the, the house, but it was like, it went up. You had to go up the stairs, and it was like, had a, a basement outdoor. And it was a beautiful house, but they just, it was just a older, older house. And downstairs was a t- was kind of like a den area, and then you went upstairs, and it was kind of like a playhouse, like a play pool. It was, like I said, a really nice house. And so I go upstairs, and I was talking to her sister's boyfriend, and he was like, yeah, man, uh, it's like, don't really come here at night, or don't go outside at night. And I was like, I kind of looked at him, and I was like, what do you mean? You know, thinking, what? Like, you know, what? He's like, I, he's like, I, and he was like, I never come, I never come here at night like I always get here in the day hang out and I leave in the morning and I thought that was kind of the strangest thing and he said one night he had pulled up and it was in the evening time or it was it was dark but it was like eight o'clock and he was walking he got out of his car and he was walking to the door that leads into the garage and he could hear something fast running fast behind him like it was Gonna get, gonna get him, catch him, and so he wasn't too far from the door, and he opened the door and slammed it, and looked back, and there was nothing there. He couldn't see anything. You know, one night I was out there, and I had pulled up, I had dropped her off, and she was like, "Hey, you want to come in?" I was like, "And I already had hit what he said in the back of my mind because I don't forget things like that." And I said, "No, I think I'm all right." So she gets out and she runs to the door and gets inside and then waves at the door and bye. Like she didn't wait to talk or anything. She just like jumped out. Like she's like, can you pull me as close as you can to the door? So, and the driveway kind of went. And so it, it was a weird back out. So it took me forever to back out. And so I thought that was really weird that she was like ran to the door, like spooked out. Like she was like, something is not right. And so one of the, the the weirdest things that happened while I had pulled up there at night, I was playing basketball. We used to have a key to to Woodall Gym back when I was like mid college. I was probably a sophomore, junior, and you know I I had we had a key to Woodall Gym, and so I went to play basketball at Woodall at like eight o'clock. Got and then I told her I'd come back to her house like at like you know midnight or whatever time. This is a Friday night, so I go and. I parked behind all the other cars because I wanted, you know, if someone had to pull out, I, 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 in my mind, I wanted them to be able to pull back out. And so I get out of the car, and I'm pretty far away from that door. 
which at the which is locked after the fact. But I get out of the car and I walk and I'm just kind of bebopping along and I didn't really think about it. I'm like, you know, I got not really on my mind, I guess you could say. And I'm bebopping the car and I and I think and something is pacing me. And I believe, like I said, it, it was a weird kind of a didn't sound heavy though. But I remember walking up to the door and it was locked and I called her and I said and she answered, I was like, hey, I'm outside. She was like, oh, hey, what are you doing? Are you at the door? I was like, yeah. She's like, okay. And she and I've never seen anyone run so fast. Because she was all the way upstairs in that little upstairs play, you know, kind of game room type place. And, like, it was like five seconds. She had run down the stairs. And she's like, get in here. What are you doing outside? I was like, yeah, I'm just here, you know. But there had to, there was something out there at her, at her place. Um, her... The reason why nobody really said anything was her dad was really badly ill. Um, And so kind of maintenance on the place went down. The presence of people around and about kind of went down. And so I think that these things or whatever it was started making their way on the house. And, you know, there were times that I was kind of wondered if there was somebody in the house, like if these things would open the door to come into the house. I don't know. I never asked, but, you know, I I just thought it was so creepy. So I stopped going over there after that because I was like, man, I was like, I don't really. I started getting spotty senses and, and you know, uh, every time that I would wake up, you know, like if, if I'd ever like, you know, be over there or if I like, slept on the couch or whatever, uh, you know, it was always very strange. Like I always kind of felt weird in that in that house, and you know. But yeah, that was a crazy. That was pretty pretty interesting. I don't know. I'm kind of curious to see what y'all. If y'all have any stories out in that Briggs area, um, I know they got to be out there because, like I said, she said she was like, yeah, she's like, I swear she looked like a black guy, but he was so big. She's like, it was like a bodybuilder, and I was like, that's so. And I'm in my and I knew it exactly what it, kind of what it was, but I didn't hadn't seen it, so I didn't know, but. You know, her sister's boyfriend kind of saying, hey, man, there was something, like, going to get me. I remember, like, he's like, I was so scared. But, you know, I appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. We're almost at 8,000 audio listens and downloads, which is awesome. I, you know, I remember, I, I keep doing this, like, I always want to keep you guys updated because it's kind of cool, that to, you know, for you guys to be a part of that total. And then me receiving the total, that's just awesome. Um we are um so if you're hearing this you'll hear this on monday um i appreciate everyone that listened on sunday night um we uh, we had a, a youtube live uh, event on on there so on youtube and so i appreciate everybody that listened to that this is creepy part three august 28th i have stories i've already lined them out so if you're gonna if you if you would like to be on part four Please let me know. Send your your and you you could be it could be any story. It could be a time when you were at Walmart and you had a guy chase you, which is hopefully not that. Hopefully that's never happened to you. But creepy stories. It could be anything. Supernatural, a regular creepy story. It could be true crime. Any any type of story. You know, shoot me an email. Real War Cry Pod at gmail.com. 
Yahola Tiger on Facebook. So you can shoot me an email, add me as a friend, let me know, or not email, shoot me a message and let me know that you listen to the podcast. I'm always going to ask you a follow up question like, what's your favorite episode so far? So be ready to answer that. Um, War Cry podcast on Facebook, like the page. I always, you know, kind of give updates on that. Um, War Cry pod on TikTok, War Cry pod on Instagram. And I appreciate everyone that listens, and I'll catch you on the next one.